Hey everyone, welcome to Research Word, where we're going to cover everything that pertains to clinical research, running a clinical trial, finding the patients you need for a clinical trial, and actually operating a clinical research site. So stay tuned for today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast with Heather and Ari. Today we're going to cover patient recruitment materials, specifically flyers and digital ads. Welcome to the meeting, and um, we want to just talk about the importance of having good quality patient recruitment material. And you know, it is the first thing that the patient sees, and we've got to get these people in the door when we can and grab their attention right away. Um, so it's super important that we make high quality um, print ads and make them stand out, make them bright colored, grab that attention because you know we are always going in all different directions, so we got to grab their attention when we can. What do you think about that, Ari? I completely agree, and the reason I, I agree with that is because we've ran so many, I guess, experiments, you can call them A-B testing, different ad formats online, uh, so we've seen what works and what doesn't, and when you have ads that you've made on something like Microsoft Word or something similar, uh, you know, uh, you have Microsoft Paint, you know, patients see that lower quality, and ultimately what you're doing is you're competing for people's attention, especially out in the real world and even online. So the higher quality, more attractive content generally captures this person's attention. So it's it's really important to have a high quality material. And, and it kind of one place that you can really get easy gains on this is by using good stock footage. So what I mean by that is good stock photos, ultimately that you can buy from places like Shutterstock or many of the online places where you can buy photos, which will give you you know, high resolution, high megapixel photos that you can use in your material. Ultimately, if you're not using an outside service to design it and you want a, a quick, you know, homegrown fix, you can use those type of things to get an easy win for your uh, improvement in quality. You know, it is really important, like you just said, and also with those, um, you just got to remember to reduce any medical jargon because a lot of times patients or participants um, might not know what things mean. Uh, for example, we have a diabetic gastroparesis study and the normal person out there might ha not have any idea what gastroparesis means. So you gotta maybe um, change the language of it and make sure that um, someone that reads it knows right off the bat what it is rather than, hmm, what is that? Do I have to look that up? That's not what we want. We wanna grab their attention right away. I agree. Simplified language really helps the patient uh, ultimately not be scared of the clinical trial because, you know, if they encounter medical jargon that they don't understand, uh, they're going to get a little frightful because I think that happens to any of us. When we don't understand something, we get a little bit of uh, fear or hesitation in, in that. So it's important to reduce the medical jargon and also create it, create the content where it's in relatable terms, you know, make it so it's something they can understand or that's something they've heard. So uh, one example that you and I were discussing is kind of the explanation of what CKD can be in a diabetes trial. Uh, some patients might not know the abbreviation of it, uh, but they know it as its uh, elongated form, which is chronic kidney disease. So you may want to, you know, kind of elongate those things, especially when you're listening at the study or view and kind of making the main bullet points for the IE criteria. But one thing I like to mention is when you're doing the IE criteria listings on your study material, um, try to keep it as simple as possible because you want to build your material for a higher response. Uh, I know that may result in a, a few more calls are of patients that are not qualified, but you'd rather get more calls than less because you want to have material that may scare out potential patients versus getting 
patients that might not be a potential because it's ultimately it's it's sort of like sales where you want to generate more uh, referrals or leads as they say in sales uh, that are basically inbound phone calls or emails or requests to you guys and that way even if they don't call for the trial let's say it's a diabetes trial with people with CKD uh, at least you get the patients that have diabetes and you can use them in future trials uh, that don't have CKD involved so it's it can be a win-win situation for you and you can use it as a kind of a trickle-down effect where they can be used for other trials ultimately or patients have the opportunity to participate in other trials yeah that's exactly what i was thinking when you were saying that um you know you generate the calls and a lot of times people might be overwhelmed with it but i would rather be overwhelmed than underwhelmed um just just like you said where they might not qualify for that particular study, but you know what? You have them, you're talk to them, talking to them, and you can get all their information and hopefully use them for a future study. And you got to remember to remind the patients that although they don't qualify for this particular one they might have inquired about, that doesn't mean that they're not going to qualify for any future ones. So a lot of times we get patients that say, oh, I didn't qualify, so I'm not going to inquire again. But it's really important to remind them that they need to um, hopefully try again. You never know. Something might be out there for, um, for them to help benefit um, maybe future generations of people. Um, and, and, you know, it could obviously benefit them at that time too. So that's always a, a positive thing to be over, um, overwhelmed rather than underwhelmed. I agree. It's, it's a point that you and I have touched on quite a bit is that even if the patient doesn't qualify right now, you know, obviously remind them that there are many trials out there that they can potentially be a fit for even though they didn't fit into this trial because every trial is unique and has a different criteria. So that way they don't, you know, think it's a, a one and done type of situation. Hey, I didn't, you know, I wasn't eligible for this trial. So that probably means I'm not eligible for any clinical trial. We want to help them understand that every trial is unique. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like touching back on um, the ads that are created and, and even when you talk to patients, when they call in, talk about the benefits of just clinical trials, trials at a whole, you know, advancing medicine. Um, and like Ari, you and I have talked about how, remind them the bottle of Tylenol that they take, for example, that's already been through a clinical trial. So at some point the medication that they take mm -hmm. has already gone through this rigorous testing and that's what we're trying to do to get more medications um, approved and on the market for people so that's always a, a positive thing for people to know um, and just to remind them about it another thing too is they can help find out about their own health maybe doing additional lab tests um, in clinical trials that their regular routine doctor might not um, do so it's something that they can benefit potentially um, for, from participating as well I agree, you know, because listing out these benefits is something that I've seen a lot of research sites, a lot of uh, patient recruitment material miss out on. And it's important because you got to give them, you know, in, in anything that you create for marketing purposes, you got to list out the benefits um, for enrolling or buying that product or buying that service. And <clears throat> including benefits is so important. You know, the fact that it's going to help advance medication and medicine. It's been a part of our medical, you know, involvement since uh, the days of Tylenol being advanced. You know, everything's gone through a clinical trial. And, and some of the most important is hitting home where you can tell them that, hey, it's gonna help future generations such as your kids, your family member, other family members, and you know, your friends. So you gotta hit home with those things that ultimately are gonna show them the bigger picture of clinical research. Not that, hey, maybe this medication works or maybe it won't, but at least we forwarded medication. We know that, hey, this pathway doesn't work, but we know to try out um, other 
other mechanisms. So that's why clinical research is so important. And you got to list out these benefits to ultimately remind them, hey, this is why it's important to enroll in clinical research and help push medicine forward. Yeah, another thing that we like to list on um, the ads is the compensation. Now, you can't list that under a benefit, but you can list the compensation, um, saying it's for your time and travel, because a lot of our patients or uh, participants um, usually work, and so they got to make sure that they are getting compensated or would like to get compensated for taking time off of their own, um, taking time off of their work schedules or to, to come in to see us, because it is um, sometimes an inconvenience for them, but we don't want them to not participate uh, because of lack of compensation. So it is important to list that also, so they do know that they are getting compensated for um, their time and travel. Oh, I agree. You know, because that does ultimately get them to consider a clinical trial, because otherwise they're going to think that they're a participant in a clinical trial and they're going to take time off work and and they're going to have to spend their gas money and their car travel time to get there. So it's it's a good idea to list out the amount that they'll get for the overall clinical trial and also make emphasis that, you know, travel can be provided if they have issues getting transportation because it's surprising a lot of people only share one car between their entire family or have different situations. So, you know, bringing emphasis to travel accommodations is important. Uh, it really helps people consider clinical trials. Otherwise, they may just uh, ignore it off the bat because they just think, hey, we only have one car, I have a job they have to maintain, so there's no way I'm gonna be able to you know, afford the time off work. So listing amount and the fact that you'll provide travel really helps them out. And of course, after you create all this content, remember, uh, you know, you're gonna have to pass it by IRB because any language you write on there, it can't be coercive in any way, and the IRB will help you, you know, validate that and make sure that the language isn't written in a way that it's gonna be helpful. And of course, if you ever need any help with that, you can reach out to, us here at Trial Join, and I'm sure Heather has a lot of experience with that as well. Uh, and so you can reach out to either one of us for a little bit more language help right before you submit your material uh, over to the IRB. Because of course, at the end, you're always gonna need the IRB approval. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, you know, so kind of just to recap, I think with the recruitment and study related materials, um, you know, we want to list the purpose of it, um, have the advantages or a truthful, truthful description of the benefits, um, the compensation, um, and also, you know, sometimes it's important to list the location of the research site and, and the contact information so then they can reach out to us at any time. So that's always a good thing, too. Oh, of course, you can't miss that. <laughs> the <laughs> patients have to know where the trial is being held. So if you forget that, they're, they're going to be wondering for a while. <laughs> so definitely have your contact information, uh, a website even, a phone number, and an email. So that way it all helps out. And then uh, if you have any social media presence, list out your Facebook uh, page and whatnot because they might message you over there. You never know nowadays where patients will contact you. So you know, be pretty versatile in all that stuff and, and have different modes of communication with your patients. So that way you can reach them wherever they are online, on in, in the real world, wherever they might be. You want to be able to assist them. And alongside with contact information, that kind of brings me to a point of how you should structure your, your typical uh, flyer or digital ad. Uh, the, the typical format we like to do is we cut it into two halves, ultimately. You have your top half and your bottom half. The top half is your kind of eye-catching image, the stock footage, uh, along with a, a nice headline that attracts the patient, um, you know, and, and make it kind of relevant to the people. There's uh, recently an acne trial that said, uh, is acne uh, stifling your selfie game or is it is suffering your se selfie game? 
you know, that was really, you know, it hits home for people. So, you know, find something that kind of speaks to them in their language. So that's an important part of the first top half of it. Uh, the bottom half of it, I like to split into four different quadrants. Ultimately, you know, to where on the left hand side, very top, I, I typically put the overview of the clinical trial, uh, you know, the study overview where you list out the IE criterias. Uh, the bottom left quadrant, I put out the benefits. Um, and then on the top right quadrant, I put the advantages and then um, kind of allow the site to put whatever information they want on the, the very bottom right quadrant. Um, I don't know if you, Heather, if you have any other kind of design flows that you like to go with. No, what you said that four grid platform, um, that's good because it is very eye-catching, um, has all the pertinent pieces of information on it. Um, and like we say, stated uh, earlier on, we want to catch that, their attention really quickly because we are all torn in different directions. So we got to get their attention right away. And, and that, um, that platform is a good way of doing that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, once you get a good routine going with these materials, you kind of have a framework, it makes it easier, easier. So that way you don't have to think about it so much. You kind of just have to create some of the content over, especially the IE criteria and the headlines. Uh, as I'm kind of touching on the headlines, there's a few things I'd like to note. you know, change up the font and the kind of the bolding and the color of the text throughout all your content depending on where you want to bring specific emphasis. So your headline might want, might need to, it, it's going to want to be a little bit bigger than all of your content on the rest of the flyer. Uh, and specific words such as the condition may want to be in a different color that brings attention, such as red or yellow, depending on what your background is. Um, and then, of course, you know, highlighting different words within the IE criteria, the advantages and the benefits. So that way it brings attention for those things. So that way, as people are skimming through the material, their eyes can really quickly get to those points that they're looking for. So those are key points. Uh, and of course, that's why I always recommend using a, a designer or even reach out to us at TrialJoin. You know, we can help you make this material and we have just thousands of samples already made. So you may not need to make it yourself and we may have something off the shelf that you can just take and start using for your trials. So, um, you know, if, if you have the ability, you know, hire a designer or uh, if you want to cut costs, you can definitely use us at TrialJoin. We'll, we'll save you some money by giving you one of our pre-made templates. So definitely, you know, spend some time on it and don't resort to creating something on Microsoft Word by just dragging a few images and using the, the simple features. Make something creative, make something eye-catching and high quality. Absolutely. I think uh, we talked about some great points here and um, being from a site, uh, it's definitely worth it to reach out to someone that is uh, very creative and knows what they're doing when making these flyers because, um, you know, we've tried before and just the success rate is seems to be higher when you have better quality images um, that can attract um, the patient population. I agree. And, and from internal studies we've done of just the metrics we see online, you know, higher quality always performs better, whether it's a video ad or it's a digital ad or it's a flyer, you know, it always performs better um, when you have something higher quality. And I think we can all attest to that. But yeah, I think we covered a lot of good points over here. Um, and hopefully if, if you have any questions, you'll reach out to us. Uh, we're available on LinkedIn or where you can reach uh, Heather and myself, or you can email us uh, at my email is Ari, A-R-I at trialjoin.com. Heather, would you like to share your email with everyone in case you have any questions? Yeah, my email is heather at heartlandcr.com. Perfect, perfect. So 
uh, everyone, you know how to reach us. And of course, uh, we're always available for any questions you have. Well, until next time, stay tuned um, and look out for our next episode. Um, we don't know what we're going to talk about yet, but don't worry, it's, it's going to be a good one.